0: welcome to another episode of mick and ori's classic cars i'm mick and i'm ori ori you got to drive an sti tell you mick growing up
1: that's all i ever heard about subaru wrx sti but i never ever got to drive one i've been in one with you obviously but driving it today i didn't know what to expect
0: Actually, and I must admit, I was a little bit disappointed when you took off, and really, you were complaining about a lot of things. This is yeah,
1: because like I said, I didn't know what to expect, and so I didn't build anything up in my mind. And I thought this is just going to be a normal, a normal road car, super real family car, whatever you want to call it, with a a bit of tricked up, souped up extra power. That's what I thought in my head.
0: But when you sat in it, what did you notice anything different, or was it just a normal? So the race seats. Definitely notice straight away they hug you
1: either side. Very comfortable. Otherwise, very analogue. You know, there's not much in there for the year. What is it, 2002? It's a
0: 2002 bug eye. Right. So
1: quite simple, you know, instrument-wise, gearbox, heavy clutch, I thought when I first depressed it. But like I said, I thought I'm just driving. I drive a Subaru every day, not not a uh, Impreza or a WRX, but I drive an Outback every day. So I wasn't expecting anything. Apart from, like I said, all right, I was in a bit of a race seat, so I felt a little bit more uh, hugged in, but
0: Apart from that, it was just like a normal car. Normal car. And also, when you were driving, I mean, we picked the right weather for it. It's It was raining. Yeah, true. So but, that but, was a bit daunting, I suppose.
1: But then I, I, you've got to think to yourself, I started it up, Mick, and yet yeah, it's a boxer engine, but it's not that it growls at you. It's not like when you start a Ferrari, you start a Lamborghini, you start an Alpha, you start these... Yeah, you know, iconic cars or race cars, and they just growl at you. Even American muscle cars, you hear those engines just... The this, V8 growl. Yeah, correct. You just didn't hear that. So, yeah, I may have been a little bit unimpressed at the beginning as and, we were driving up to a... Hill. And also,
0: when you were driving, I mean, you were driving it very normally. I mean, no. we are just going normal speeds, and you're changing gears at, you know, at what revs? Under three 3,000 revs, if that. Uh, okay. So at 3,000 revs, the the turbo hasn't cut in at all.
1: No. So I did hear the spooling, like I heard, heard it winding up.
0: At what sort of revs did you notice? 3,500 and
1: and maybe. maybe. I started yeah. to hear it, 4,000. But like you said, to drive it just every day, easy through traffic, hey, it was a, a very comfortable to drive. Great little car to drive. I thought, and that actually quite spacious inside, but quite small from the outside. You could see the end of the bonnet with the wing on the back. You knew where the back of your car was. I just thought, felt really compact. So I thought, yeah, I get it. You could drive this every day.
0: And right? this is something you said, you know, in your first sort of uh, kilometers that really you don't need this car. What do you want this car for?
1: Well, that's what I, you know, I didn't get it. It didn't make sense at the moment because I'm thinking, why would you own one of these cars? My question was, and that's when you said I was disrespectful, I said, but why would you own one of these cars? And why did you buy this car, Mitch? Well, I
0: I bought it because I mean I did have a I bought a brand new WRX previous to this, not STI, not an STI. I couldn't afford the STI, so bought the brand new WRX. And which what is
1: the STI to the WRX? That's
0: the well, that's the the race modification. Yeah, it's a race to prepare. What is it? Subaru Technica International or something. So, which is the
1: racing division of Subaru?
0: Yes. So it's modified, it's got different pistons, it's got higher compression pistons or different metals, so yep. there's a fair fair few things that are different than the standard WRX, it's not just the power. So I got this one, uh, I saw it at a yard that we bought some work cars from, and I ended up trading up. You know, when this was second hand, it had about 35,000 kilometres when I bought it, and uh, I traded up from my 2000, it was a 2000 model, 2002, normal WRX. Yep. Uh, it's still Bug Eye, of course. That's the new model, new shape. So it's a Series – I mean, the Series 2, I suppose. But I ended up with an, an STI.
1: So, quick one. And you wanted it just because you wanted that race
0: version? Well, wanted- I think I modified my my normal – my just the standard WRX a couple of times. But I'm thinking it's still not an STI. Right. You know, And it's just not that I was really looking for it, but I had the opportunity. But what
1: did you want it for? What You remember when you know, we were saying – we want these cars for certain reasons. In your mind, what did you want an STI for? Were you going to track it? Were you going to do rallying in it? What, we, what that, did you want it for? That,
0: that is a very good question, Ari. I mean, I didn't want it for any of those. Uh, I just actually wanted it because I like to have a car, small, small engine car that's got power. Yeah. But no, I didn't, I've never rallied it, I've never tracked it, which is unusual for me, but I was worried that as soon as I start doing something like that, then I'm going to keep wanting to modify it and modify it.
1: So you didn't have the Ferraris but
0: when no, you bought this? way before that. So, But you still wanted a Ferrari? I still always wanted a Ferrari, right. and I had never owned a European car at all. Until until you bought the first Ferrari? Until I bought the first Ferrari. Wow. Oh,
1: yeah. that's right. You so never I've had never a Fiat? Had, you never have an hour yeah. before? The
0: only Fiat I've had was the Fiat 125, yeah. which was the first car that we got when I was okay. starting up. I mean, but... You know, from my own, really, the first car I bought was a Ferrari in terms of, you know, the uh, European.
1: Yeah, and look, like I said, I didn't know what to expect. I know that the popularity of these Subaru WRXs, STIs, are phenomenal. There's, you know, people just rave about them. And I, I didn't understand that until, Mick, like you said, we got it up into the hills and I opened it up. And it all started to tick boxes again. It all started to make sense. So the road was wet. Road was wet, but it hugs the road. So it's all-wheel drive, right? You feel really safe in these cars at a higher speed. But when you hear that turbo kick in, wow,
0: it is there. And I think what... what you enjoyed about it is you kept it in that rev range. Yeah, correct. So once you keep it above the 4,000 revs, you're not getting the turbo spooling all the time. No, correct. So from zero to spool and so you've been able to keep the turbo on. So now all of a sudden I'm
1: driving a car, let's call it a family car or an everyday car, at higher speeds and it's got some race Well, it's got definite race pedigree, but exactly, it's there. So I can enjoy it. Now this car's two-dimensional to me. I can use it every day. But I think if I use it every day, I'd want to
0: push it, it. absolutely. And I think, is that what disappointed you by driving it every day? Well, that's that's right. It It was my daily driver. So I was, you know, using it for work, using it for the family. And what it is, you do get annoyed that you're not actually above the 4,000 revs. You're driving it through city traffic. And it got to a stage where, you know, it is a a bit uh, annoying not to actually push it.
1: Yeah, look, I said to you in the car when, when we were driving it, I'd love to be able to drive this car. On a track, number one, take it on a track to see what it really can do in a safer environment. But number two, even to do a Targa with it, you know, we did it the Lotus. We saw the amount of Lotuses that were out in Targa Tasmania, and then when we drove the Lotus, it all all of a sudden made sense why they they are so so many of them
0: participating. I think this car would be perfect for a Targa. Well, you know, the thing that I don't like about that for something like a Targa is that um, it's got turbo lag. Yeah, it's got turbo lag, but no, okay. Yeah, and what else? Well, the main thing with the turbo lag so if you're going into the corner, you're in the wrong gear. You put your foot down. It really until it starts spooling. Yeah, but
1: in the category we're in, we're not trying to win. We're not racing time clocks at target. We're doing the you know the spirited tour, or the you know the what's it called the one that you did in um, in the Dino. It's just the um, standard tour. The standard tour, yeah, the the normal tour. The normal tour. So we're not trying to beat time. So if there's a bit of turbo lag and things like that, that's not going to be disappointing. What I'm saying is you've got gravel roads, non-gravel roads, a few dirt roads. You've got non-bitumen. I think the Subaru would be suited more than what the Dino was.
0: Uh, Look. I would say it might be. Yeah, For the certainly, roads. Certainly it's got the power and everything. But, I mean, I do like, you know, even the Dino, the normally aspirated cars, as soon as you put your foot, you've got your torque. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's a, different, if it's a different feel. But maybe we do have to take it on the track. You know, you know? I'd love
1: to see it because, like I said, it, it made sense. I mean, through those windy hills, it just – the gearbox was nice and tight. A heavier clutch – but like I said, you keep it up in that rev range, and it's just nimble. It was easy to drive; felt so comfortable in it. Then down to once you go back to lower speeds, you know, it's I'll just get a it. normal it's car. It's just a normal car.
0: And the one thing that you know you mentioned that the difference between something like that and let's say the Italian cars, because we are biased, let's face it, yeah. is there's no passion with sitting in the Subaru. Yeah,
1: so that's one thing. And you said I was disrespectful, Meek, but I wasn't. It didn't. Exactly right. I wasn't, not not that I wasn't looking forward to driving it, but was it something that I'd aspired to one day own or drive? No. Not really. And I don't think Subaru or any of those Japanese cars, be it Honda, be it, I don't think I've ever, yeah, that I appreciate them, I I like them, but I don't, you know, aspire to ever own one. So
0: that's interesting though, and we talked about that a bit. So which. Japanese car do you think that we might actually think differently
1: Well there's only two the Honda NSX I Could want be to say right Could be the one. old one and the new newly released I'd love to see what
0: they are like and then you have to go with the Nissan the Godzilla the and, G- and I suppose and the other end of the spectrum is the rotaries maybe the RX3 or Two or seven yep. or...
1: Mazda RX-7, Mazda RX-8, all those. I'd love to see what they're like.
0: So 100%. we'll get a bit of a feel if we get to drive those, of course. But
1: is it something that you want to one day own? I'm not, I'm not sure. There's the much really people that do. There's, there's rotary clubs and things like that, and I appreciate them. But it was nothing, in my opinion, for me, it wasn't something. So that's why I must really was like, okay, well, I'm driving a Subaru. Let's see what this thing can do.
0: But, hey... Really, really impressed. So in terms of whether you'd like to own one now that you've driven one... hey, for
1: the, So for what they're going for on the secondary market, and I know we don't speak about value on this show, but for the, what they're going... I can see why people... Well, there's not many of them. They're hard to find. And in the condition that yours is in, I can see why people would snap them up because a, they're a lot of fun for not much you know, expense. Yeah, and that- to do things on them... Mick, is it, it expensive? It's cheap.
0: It's actually cheap to modify them, and that's, I think, the advantage with a lot of the Japanese cars, and particularly turbos. You can remap them quite easily. So do you ch- can you chip that car? Yeah, it's already been tuned. De-tuned. Okay. Yeah, not detuned. It's actually been tuned up in terms of performance. So I have made some modifications. I've lowered it. All the modifications I've made. Stiff suspension. Yeah, it's it's been lowered with a stiffer suspension. All of them can be bought to original. The only one that I've done that, you, you know – takes a little bit of work to actually put it, bring it back to original. i put in an aftermarket sunroof. Okay, yeah. So, but apart from that, the intercooler, the turbo is the factory turbo, so I haven't changed any gearbox, diff, engine, no internals at all. I had to have to change things, like I upgraded, change the clutch because the clutch wore. Yep. Uh, also, the turbo, the first turbo I had, you know, had its day and had to replace the turbo, and then I got it remapped. So... When the last time I did that, I ended up remapping it and it has 209 kilowatts at the wheels. So it's pretty good. Compared to standard guys, these came out at 195 kilowatts, but that's at the flywheel, not at the At the rear wheels. Yeah. Uh, Well, it's all wheels, so... Oh, that's right. It's
1: it's all wheels. Yeah, excellent.
0: Yeah, so, and the model before, the Series 1, that came up with about 206 kilowatts. That's the STI version? That's the STI, STI version.
1: And yeah. maintenance and just general wear and tear, it's not expensive to not own expensive, one of these
0: cars? Not expensive at all. It's pretty standard. It, it is very thirsty on the fuel, but apart from, apart from that, it's all standard. You know, anything you change, like if you change the cam belts, you don't have to take the engine out. It's, it's, it is pretty standard in that regard.
1: And, you know, you mentioned the engine. We said it's got that uh, – it's got the boxer engine in there, four-cylinder boxer engine, which sits lower. So you've got a lower centre of gravity in this car, gives it less opportunity to roll. And I can actually – you get that. When you drive it, it feels so much more – It feels so like it, hugs. More, yeah. it does. It feels like it hugs. And, you know, we a few corners, that, you know, at comfortable speed that we could uh, handle, you can feel that this car just grips and hugs and maintains
0: the road. So – Oh, yeah, I was really impressed. So at the end of it, you didn't mind it. No, I and didn't the other mind thing it. I, I like, I mean, you know, you can hear the boxer engine. So yep. if a, a Subaru boxer engine goes past, it's got a very distinctive sound. Mine's yep. a little bit louder, but inside the cabin, like you said, couldn't you really can't tell. hear anything. It's not too bad. Yeah, no. but you know, is that the, why
1: you bought the sunroof so you can open it up? And no, listen to I,
0: it. I don't know. I've always liked sunroofs, um, mm. but you know, because I had it on as long as it's not raining, I'd normally open them.
1: Okay. Yeah no, I I hate some roofs, so that's something we don't agree on. I, I don't know what the purpose of them are.
0: Yeah, I like them. I know my my son Vincent likes them as well. Yep. Um, but each to their own. A lot of people like spiders. I'm getting, I'm starting to like spiders a bit more. But maybe as a just a cruise and being a passenger. But look, the the Subaru. This is a bug eye. Um. When it came out, not many people liked it because the because it was a bug eye.
1: Well, they did. They done the well after the first version, series one,
0: and that was pretty quick. The sorry, after the series one, which didn't go to the states
1: at all. The Uh, STI, yeah, yeah, didn't go to the states. So the series two. They then did Bug Eye, and like you said, and the, the general uh, population did not like them. So and they so didn't last long, They didn't the last eye. long, and they done a Blop Eye, or a Blop Eye, I think they call it. It's a blip eye or something. Anyway, another version, and then they did the Hawkeye.
0: Yeah, remember the Hawkeye as well. So
1: of those series two. But, but it's just the actual, the front, where the lights are, that People didn't like the rest of the cars. The same, so all this the I still the racing. Case. I mean, engine, gearbox, you know, handling, suspension, all that stuff is still the same. Yeah, well, they Just did, the did upgrade look. the engine.
0: They did upgrade the engine. I'm not sure which model, but they went to a 2.5 engine. And you said it was a.
1: The first time that the four door came out in the STI, it's a
0: first, yeah. Well, they originally we were it was you know reported that they're only going to do a two door STI and limit the production.
1: Well, that's what I thought because it's for Colin McRae, the famous rally car driver. That this car became so popular, and he, who doesn't remember the iconic blue uh, with the yellow, you know, the yellow livery all over it. Subaru winning everything in World Rally Championships.
0: Yeah, they did it for a few years, yeah. so they were. It was pretty good, but that was in, as you said, the two door, and the two door was the only one that was an STI, and that's the only way you could buy it that, back then. Then, when they bought the Bug Eye, Subaru decided to make bring it out as a four door STI, which a lot of people didn't like that, especially the ones that had bought the two door STI. Have you driven the first version? No, no I'd be interesting to see what they you know, the
1: generational change. Yeah. If they are better to drive, less.
0: Well, I think like all of them, you know, in terms of when we drive classics and the next model, they not as refined. they more boy racer than this one. Yeah. This one's a bit more refined. And I, I suppose the later model Subarus, which I haven't driven in a later model STI, which is, uh, they – they say they're pretty good, and I would like to drive one. Uh, that becomes more refined. You can actually change the the diff ratio. There's a lot of things you can do. They get more and more technology.
1: Okay, will it be a classic? You see, yeah, you know, we talk about classics. Will this is the WRX already STI or WRXs? Are they already in a realm
0: of their own anyhow and are classics and future classics? Well, certainly I think, you know, if you're looking at the Series 1 model, the, the smaller classic. one, I would say it is. There's not many of them and unfortunately… Well, is it a classic car, Mick, or is it a classic rally
1: car? Because that's what they were. They were, they rally, were rally cars. cars. So They're it's not really a classic car like
0: we talk about classics, you know what I'm saying? Well, I think, I mean, it's what we… It depends the definition of a classic car. Yeah. I mean… Ultimately, the the definition of a classic car is the one that's, you know, 25 or 35 years old. Yeah. So in that definition, they all become classics. Mm. However, is it a classic, you know, like is it something special for that era rather than just the norm? So I would say the two-door version of the Series it's 1 classic. is a classic. Yeah. You know, they didn't build many. There was, I think there was 400 or so, but I could be wrong. Is that all? Yeah, it was not many many at all. And the thing is, as well, as time goes by, there's less and less that haven't been, I'll say bastardised, but haven't been modified heavily. Yeah. You know, can you get them back to original if you wanted to get get them back to original? But a lot of them now are looking after their cars. Yeah, look, I
1: think... Well, you went to K- Chrome and Coffee or Cars and Coffee one afternoon. How much attention did your WRX you know, yeah, get from you the know, younger generation?
0: Definitely from the younger generation. They like their Subarus, they like their Evos, they like their their Nissans, yep. you know, the Skyline. Those Mitsubishi
1: uh, Lancer Evo. Evos. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. So, uh, because the younger people like the technology, and I think they like the idea that it's quite easy to modify. I mean, previous classics like, you know, the old Fiats and Alphas and whatever. There, there was a lot of money to modify them, you know, to change the carbies, to change, you know, yeah. it was quite expensive. Whereas for a little money, you could actually get 20 th- 20% more power in some of these Japanese cars. And
1: I, and I think the fact that it's not expensive to get into one.
0: That's right. I think it's attractive it for the younger generation yeah. also. Yeah, because they're mass production, there was a lot of them made. But look, they they are a good car, good bang for your buck. Yeah, yeah. a lot of car. A lot of car for the money, 100%. So was I right not to sell it?
1: Okay, so that's interesting. I, I, I get why you own it now, and it complements your collection with your Dino and the 456 that you've got. I understand now where it fits for you, and, yeah, absolutely, I wouldn't sell it. Yeah, because I was Because you can't going replace it. it. You can't replace anything. For the money you're going to get for it, you're not going to be able to replace – a car that gives you that sort of
0: performance, I believe, like that. Yeah. And also, in in respect to the one I've got, I know what's been done to it.
1: Well, I you've know owned it's How been, many
0: years did you say? Well, I've had it since 2005.
1: So it was 15, 17 years now. Yeah. And so you've done I, everything. To it's it.
0: always been looked after by second the Second owner? SNJ Auto. Se- you're the second owner? I'm not sure whether the second or third, but yeah, I think I might be the second owner. How many Ks now on it? Well, it's got one hundred eighty thousand k's. Wow. However, you've in saying it. that, in saying that, if someone bought my vehicle now, the mm. car, they wouldn't go wrong. There is, you know, a couple of, you know, the, you pointed out a couple of little things, but they cosmetic things, or yeah. you know, but the car itself is very, very good.
1: Yeah. So, same. So the same mechanic or technician has looked after that car from since you've had it. Since
0: I've had it. Yes. Wow. S and J Auto down at Edwardstown. They yeah. do a great job. All the boys there. And, you know, they trustworthy, tell you what you need to have. The main thing I've had as a drama with it, apart from wear and tear things like clutch and brake pads yeah, and, you know, standard. normal stuff, is the um, the immobiliser. That uh, that actually every now and then plays up. So what happens? You get in the car. And it won't start properly. Because
1: you've got to put a code in, do yeah, you?
0: Yeah, you have to put a code. It was mainly because they were, they were used as, you know, getaway cars, so they were stealing these Subarus. So they've all got that. Well, the Series 2 have, not the Series 1, okay. from what I understand. And what is it? The electronics in there sort of the corrode and things yeah, yeah. like that, so it just plays up and doesn't give it fuel. And then So you you've s- got to replace that every now and then.
1: And then you said it had something else also that when you know we left it running because we were just letting it warm up and I got out of the car, you said it's going to turn
0: itself off. Yeah, so what happens there, because they used to steal these cars from people stopping at the lights, so they would open the door, get you out of the car – and they and get in the in. car and jump in. So that's why they brought out these immobilisers. So, what jackets. they do after about, yeah, carjacking. So, after about a, a minute, what it, what it would do it would stall. It gives you a bit of warning so you can keep driving for a bit because if you've accidentally done it, yep. uh, so don't stop your ride in the middle. So, you can pull over and then you've got to put the code in again.
1: How about, and then we
0: spoke about, because it hasn't got a turbo
1: timer, has it?
0: This one hasn't, no. Did they come out later on with turbo timers? I'm not sure, but I think if you're starting to use it as a performance vehicle in terms of rallying and stuff like that, I think they probably have. This one, they do have a, a spray jet to spray the intercooler. The intercooler I've got is an aftermarket yep. bigger intercooler. That was changed, as I said. But... Um, yeah, some of them do have turbo timers.
1: So, because how much damage can I do to the car if I don't let it cool down before turning it off? Because you know how we're saying, look, you got a turbo, you need to let it just sit for a while, just idle before you turn it off, otherwise you can do yeah. damage. How much damage? Are we well, talking? I'm not
0: sure. I just assume that the turbo, you might have to put in a new turbo. Really sure? So I mean, it just wouldn't blow blow do it to the engine. I mean, I don't think you'd do anything wrong to the engine yeah, no. itself, but it would be just the, the turbo. And the turbos in this is are not big. Yeah. You know, it's not like Charlie Dixon's, and he had in his in his Monaro. which
1: he's got a turbo timer on
0: that. Yeah, he's got a turbo timer, but that's that's a but big. And, and
1: I reckon Mick, and we spoke about it when we were driving the car. Yeah, we spoke about the Mitsubishi Cordia Turbo, which you had one.
0: That, that came with a turbo no, timer. Or or no, didn't, that didn't have a turbo timer either. Okay, I think people were putting them on. Okay, and, and I remember after doing some, you know, sort of long driving, I remember switching it off straight away. And the car was hot, and I thought, "Oh no, I hope I haven't damaged anything." And I didn't, so I'm not sure how critical it is for normal driving.
1: Okay, you know. yeah, No, very impressed, Mick. I must admit, very
0: impressed with the Impreza. Pardon the pun mm. there.
1: Yeah, very impressed with the Impreza. It was, it was, I. Hey, it's made me look at the car. Diff- I get, I get now. I do understand why they are so um, popular. But
0: we'll have to drive some more Japanese cars, like we said, to get yeah. a get a feel and uh, and whether some of the older ones have got a bit more passion in them or whatever. But I agree, and no disrespect to any
1: of those cars. Like I said, they don't evoke passion in somebody. Fingers crossed. We hey, hey the more we drive of them, maybe they will. You never know.
0: Yeah. All right, we're going to leave it there, Ori. Um, thanks uh, for driving my STI. It was no, good. Thank I was you sitting for allowing. Ba- yeah. I was sitting in the back seat there at uh, some time. <laughs> for so, the first time. Yeah. Anyway, you can catch us on the show at mickandori at gmail.com and, of course, uh, there'll be some Instagram posts and maybe TikTok and maybe in some YouTube. So thank you very much and remember, if your car's not a classic. It will be one day. Thank you. Thanks, guys.